0: This is Gay Science. In today's episode, why do gay men talk like that? The gay voice.
1: You can recognize it instantly. Like I love it. Like people still call me ma'am on the phone.
0: But what's the science behind this distinct vocal effect? Because they often congregate in earthquake zones, gay men harness a lot of energy. Excess energy that isn't spent relaying local drama passes to the vocal cords to initiate a high-frequency vibration. It's a pitch that all people can hear, but only gay men and Dolly Parton can understand. Sometimes these high-pitched sounds pass through the mouth into a lisp caused by Fagata dentata, This variety of gay voice is an elite form of communication, like echolocation in dolphins, and can throw sounds up to 10,000 miles away. Unfortunately, all men are bad listeners, so these messages are lost on them and are received exclusively by Dolly Parton, who's been quietly managing the chaos of hearing the voice of every gay man for decades.
2: Welcome to Gay Talk 2.0, the ultimate podcast for your dose of dish. Good evening and welcome back to another episode of Gay Talk 2.0, an LGBT podcast. We are streaming live on and in color on YouTube, on our YouTube channel for all of our Patreon subscribers. Today, we're joined by Marcus James, author of Blackmore, a paranormal suspense novel, the first book in the Blackmore Legacy series. And he will join us on the second half of the show. My name is Tom, and as always, I'm in the studio with my amazing co host, starting with the first one
1: Hey, y'all, Nick or Trish,
2: and j Bear,
1: aka. Your boyfriend's boyfriend.
2: And to welcome you all back to the show. Thank you for joining us. We're going to dish a little bit uh, before we bring our guest on. So we are excited. Um, Again, you're on point, Trish. Why? You are killing us with these guests. It's like one after the (laughs) other. We didn't have one for like six months. And then she's like, boom, 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 boom.
3: She pulled out the little black book and started making calls. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: She did something. Did you get late or something? I don't know. You're very efficient as of late. Yeah. do you think eh, whatever
3: eh, maybe a little manual <laughs> manipulation
2: <laughs> anyway um we're here we're at the round table so i'm did of you course get laid? did oh, you get God, laid <laughs> <wish>. well <laughs> sin, since we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been doing in the past week i'm gonna toss it over <laughs> to you trish question did you get laid today or at all or, no comment uh no comment from the peanut gallery i suppose Well, that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. At least... least, I plead the fifth. uh, You're going to need six for that. I plead
1: the 69th.
2: The 69th. (laughs) (laughs) So, no, but seriously, how are you?
1: Oh, God. Lots of crazy shit has happened. Yes, yes, yes. Lots of crazy shit.
2: A lot of shit that's happening. Um, You know, we're under attack, but we'll get to that in a minute. But... Overall, before we get into all the hot mess that's been happening in our community, you good?
1: Yeah, uh, great news, actually.
2: Yeah, okay. Well, why don't we start with the great news before we move into the kind of craziness that uh, that is our mm-hmm. lives.
1: Yeah, I've been um, working on a grant for like, <coughs> it feels Ever. like a year and a half or longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and yesterday we found out that we got it. That's amazing. Five million. Yeah, it's a big number. It's a huge number. Yeah.
3: Hey, Zaddy.
1: And I'm like, can I get a raise, a vacation? Can I get a break, motherfucker? Thank you. Wow. That is awesome. That is awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. So today, you know, it's the day after we found out and my boss pretty much said, okay, well, you got me the five million. You can go now. Mm. (laughs) Yeah i was like yes i can bye valicia bye
2: <laughs> bye we'll see you. we'll see you around see you around the the you know the beat mm-hmm. will be at yeah. some point
1: point. and then i went to a gala this weekend which was it was fun we had a nice time we saw a bunch of people um sunday i tried to arrest and recover and now we're back in the thick of the week
2: arrest too Oh, I'm sorry. Rest and recover. Yeah, I'm I thought, sorry. I
1: popped. A, said, uh, I thought rest. he said arrest. So I I popped a pimple, and now my lip is swollen because it's like right below my lip. <laughs> it's causing a lisp. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, Dolly Parton. It was like <laughs> <laughs> she's was probably wondering. listening.
2: <laughs> it's a gay list. So that intro, by the way, was fucking hilarious because it's true. Only Brought to you
1: me. by this is gay science,
2: right? Um, it it's fucking insane. Sorry, we used your audio, but it was funny. We had to. Um, But it's true, man. Dolly Parton, man. Yeah. She's a national treasure.
1: Yeah. And we all live on uh, fault lines. So we have excess (laughs) energy. We're we're
2: absorbing (laughs) that energy. So, you know, it's funny because Dolly Parton is one of. among the few
1: that's probably why she got those extra tits to help bounce some I'll of the sound away re- reverberate yeah. the reverberate
2: <laughs> the, the gay rainbow here you go guys um no but you know there there aren't many um country artists that that i see as as gay icons and dolly parton is certainly one of them you think i think of people like for example shania twain Uh, is another one that's like super ostentatious and I love her for it. Um, And then, you know, I don't watch the voice often. Like I'll catch a few episodes here and there throughout the years, but this year they have Reba as one of the coaches. And I loved the show Reba. So I've been watching it and she's fucking hilarious. So she's called, she calls herself the queen of country. And so she arrived on the show with her crown and her sept and she's like banging um, the guy next to her that keeps trying to steal all her singers away. And she's just so sassy and I fucking live for it. Yeah,
1: she's pretty I great. fucking
2: love Reba. But yeah, Jaybird, Bird, how are you? Good, 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 good. All is well in the land of us?
3: All is well in the land of us. I was going to say something about what Nick was talking about and I totally lost it. I should have written that damn
2: thing down. What, the... T- the, the No, never the big, mind. The it's gone bosoms? It's,
3: it's gone. I'm trying to like... I'm trying to... See if I could juggle my brain, but
1: I love it. Was it it. about the money? No, never mind. I can't remember right
3: now. I'm having one of those senior moments today. Mm. Uh, But anywho.
1: (laughs) You know, we Uh, have places for that.
3: Yeah, we do. I'm just saying.
2: (laughs) 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 We can put you in one of those. We'll bring the show to you, darling.
3: Yeah, sure you will. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you will.
2: (laughs) Whenever. Honey, I'll make sure one way or another you get a recording. You don't remember who you are, but we do.
3: We do. So. here.
2: Interesting you
3: crazy bastard So I, so I totally. you Do you know how you Kind of get that Initial thought And you're like Oh And then I was like Okay let him finish And I should
2: have just See this is why You interrupt people Yeah that's why yeah. You gotta interrupt you, you don't shut the fuck Learn out. from the best <laughs> You just let it out yeah. Before it's gone
3: Uh But yeah No it was a decent weekend But um I think the more exciting news is congratulating Chris, I guess, right?
2: That's right. Wait, that who? Is
1: right. <laughs> I'm not acknowledging I'm this. not
3: acknowledging
2: <laughs> She's just bitter Betty right now because yeah. Chris got engaged
3: she... before yeah,
2: she, was... she did. In the, in the so agency? Chris Mattoon, um, our, our once upon a time co-host, because we don't know when he's ever coming back. He, he's, he's not. Where is he right now?
3: He's in Belgium
2: belgium or he no he was wasn't he in Germany? like in in one of Where the the, in the world is chris was in <laughs> norway Yeah, was it norway
3: that. i think so yeah
2: so anyway this asshole it's two <laughs> o'clock in the morning here it's 2 p.m for him it's on 3
3: a.m i think it was right? when all the messages came.
2: and in. he's sending videos left and right on on snapchat and my notifications see that i'm not like you i'm not smart like you i don't silence my notifications because
1: she's on silence
2: so i i didn't do i don't do that and it's three o'clock in the morning and my phone is going off and it's fucking chris every five minutes sending a video about something cool that he's seeing in the mountain somewhere or on a train or or what he's eating or who he's with or who he's eating or yeah, yeah and um
3: well you know i I gotta give him this much there there are no drunk pictures of him sleeping in bushes yet so
2: right which
3: is it's a big step up for him (laughs) but i think that's because he's got a
2: publicist now right steven is his publicist (laughs) steven wouldn't allow him to look you know bad in any light at this point Mm. unless steve himself gets wasted and then steve can't do his duties and then that's a whole different story but yes ladies and gents Christopher, our very own Chris, got engaged today, literally, um, while he's out there in in Northern Europe somewhere doing Mm -hmm. his thing.
1: And there better be diamonds in that ring or it doesn't Mm -hmm. count. Sorry. And your
2: friends are horrible. Horrible. The worst friends ever to go with while you're going to. Go propose. Well, this
3: is like, the picture he sent us. Who knows? But yeah. So it's, it's such a cute it's, picture, though. You see his, his you see his face. face. Yeah. But it's all blurry. It's Dolly like,
1: Parton definitely heard yeah, that. Yeah, She heard
3: that. <laughs> you can see the, the look in her face of surprise mm. and shock. It's cute. It's yeah. Cute. But
1: congratulations. I, I, I don't know. It's yet? also there's fear there. <laughs> yeah. There's
2: like, oh, my God. Am I really going to do this?
3: Hey. It's already done.
2: Chicks it's till death in. do us part.
3: <laughs> not yet. <laughs> no,
1: I, I'm happy for him.
2: I, we are. We are. No, and then she
3: claims she's getting married out there.
2: Right. So, you know, it's I just got trip. my passport. So I'll go. I'll go stay at Hans. <laughs> Hans will kick me out yeah, in two days. In two days. It's like, not even. even two hours <laughs> that you got to go.
3: He's like, I'm go. sorry. Where are you staying tonight? <laughs> <laughs>
2: and his one of his like you know
3: my neighbor has a nice barn about 600 miles that way <laughs> <laughs>
2: he'll put me on that speed train somewhere, somewhere. send me to italy somewhere um no but but oh, for real congratulations and uh Gosh. we're happy for you um if i get an invite um i'll rsvp with a maybe because that's that's a commitment you know i still have to take my 50th trip first before i go anywhere else.
3: I think she'll be married before your fiftieth.
2: Oh, I know, but that's what I'm saying. It's like you know.
3: Oh, well, my fiftieth! I can't spend my that. Bora
2: Bora funds. I've been <laughs> saving every every paycheck. I've been putting money aside for my Bora Bora yeah, funds. Have
3: you seen that because the- it's going to. You're happen. putting
1: extra for me, right? Because I'm a on- no
2: bitch.
3: You just got five mil.
1: Not for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's
3: what I'm saying. You could pay for the whole goddamn trip. Isn't there like a finder's fee for that shit? I was
1: I was trying to get one, but that didn't work. I'm, out.
2: I'm gonna like call and do a group <laughs> booking and be like, uh, charge it to the to the theater.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> yeah.
2: But anyway, I
1: literally started crying. Oh, such a little bitch.
2: You're such an emotional mess, and I love it. So I cute. live. I live for it, mm. which is good. That's awesome. But, you know, that's also a sign of being successful and being, you know, um, because you are very tenacious in your job. And you're also very, um, you don't take shit from anyone. You don't give up and you don't take no for an answer. And that's exactly what you need to be when you're raising money for an organization. Mm-hmm. True. Bitch, I will show up in your fucking soup, in your alphabet soup. I'll be the letter O with my face in the middle. Where's my <laughs> money, bitch?
1: I think, I honestly <laughs> think that we got it because... uh um, they were like, We just don't want to hear from these people anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, we'll throw your lifeline. No, but c- seriously,
2: congratulations to you, congratulations to Chris and all that good stuff. Now
1: And congratulations to you. You had another um uh come to my window this week.
2: I d di- well it it wasn't come to my window that, like at this point now that you know COVID is behind now. us, he's allowed in the house, so
3: Come to my glory hall now.
1: Come <laughs> to my love sack. <laughs>
2: exactly. Spread your legs. Let me get down into you. Oh, no, boy. oh my God. If if she were to hear us right now, she'd probably murder us. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. Or write a new song.
2: True.
3: All right. Of how horrible
2: the gay the gay talk boys are. hmm It yeah. would be a hit.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> And that we would use it for our opener. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, um, we do have a couple of things that we wanted to address uh, before we go to break and bring our guest in. Um, you know, make no mistake, our community, all of our communities are under attack. Um, for us, it was a little bit more real. Uh, it hit closer to home uh, in a way that was very tangible, very scary, and also very real. Um, this Saturday... We were supposed to be celebrating Pride in the New Haven area, compliments, of course, of the hard work of the New Haven Pride Center. And in the midst of all that celebration, you know, um, we decided, you know, because of the storm that we were also getting that they were going to postpone some of the events, the event itself that was happening in the area. And to put a cherry on top of the whole situation of the fact that we couldn't celebrate because of weather the New Haven Pride Center got a bomb threat. Her. And...
1: She sure did.
2: And that is scary all on its own, um, again...
1: It's actually one of three organizations in the Northeast to receive a bomb threat on the same day.
2: Right. And it, it's shocking because this would have been, had that storm not been here, we would have been actively having an event and we would have gotten a bomb threat and the events would immediately to be canceled and, mm-hmm. you know, whether people were there because or not, because this happened early on in the day, um, it still also affected the neighboring community, right? Because yes. the, the, the entire pride, block had right. to be the pride center surrounded by residential buildings. Mm-hmm. And so the entire block had to be evacuated. But um, to me, it's, it's just horrible that this is this is where we're at. Right. And we think to ourselves, we live in a blue state.
1: We live in fucking Connecticut in 2023, and I'm just like, wow, And this is happening.
2: So you're on the board of the New Haven Pride Center.
1: Bitch, I am the co-chair of the board. She's the
2: co-chair of the board. Excuse me. Give me my credit. I got to give her her status before she cuts me. (gasps) Tell me. Tell me what that was like.
1: It was fucking terrible. For
2: for you, the staff, and for everyone involved. I mean, you know, celebrating Pride in New Haven is a big thing.
1: So the staff ended up actually taking today off. I think a lot of people were traumatized just like having to be in the space. I had to go to the space yesterday for a meeting. Um, We don't need to talk about what the meeting was about, but I was in the space yesterday and it kept going through my head. What if there's still a bomb in here? Um, So we actually closed the center on Tuesday so that the staff could kind of just like take a moment. Right. Um, Which is important. Yeah. But it was, it was really scary. And the fact that like, you know, they had to shut, they shut the street down. You know, I get, obviously the executive director, um, sent me a message as soon as this all happened. And so I'm like, fuck, like, do you need me to come down there? And he was like, luckily my co-chair was already downtown. She's like, I got it. I'll be there. Don't worry about it. I was like, okay. And so I stayed home and it And JC and I, um, the executive director and Hope, were working on a statement. Um, We had the Arts Council come in, um, and they wrote a little piece about it. There's been a lot of uh, coverage around the whole situation. And to be fair, um, the police have been so supportive. Right. um, And they offered their services for when we do uh, reschedule next month. They are going to sweep the space early in the morning before the event for free and offer their services for the event for free. Um, but the whole, the
2: idea that that,
1: that the- we need to do that. It's 2023, right. That we have to go through that. Well, is- I think, I think the hardest part and like, it's not going to be public and I'm not going to share it on the show. I think the hardest part was, um, how the email was worded and what, and what the reasoning behind, yeah um, the, the thought behind their attempt or their scare was, um, and it was just deplorable and disgusting. And like, I just, to this day, I'm like, how can people feel that way? Right. Like, how can people still look at homosexuality as, um, how do I word this without like <sighs> homosexuality as a threat? Right to their families, to children, to uh, their way of life. Uh, it's just not that. I mean, if you look historically, homosexuals only make everything better. <laughs> Seriously. I'm not kidding you. Better food. I mean, look better at Better clothes, better fucking culture. Look at Dolly. Yeah, I'm telling you. Like,
2: it- Look at Cher. <laughs> she is totally sucking out the energy of the community just to stay alive.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong <laughs> she's she's
2: like winnie um winifred Sand- sanderson yeah from from um hocus pocus she's like sucks the life out of children um no but but in all seriousness so you know what i don't understand is how can so much hate exist on something that really doesn't affect these individuals at all the way i live my life has no effect in in, in yours whatsoever you know, like what I do in my own home is no business of yours. Who I decide to love is no business of yours. It doesn't affect you in any way. Why go through all this hate? For what?
3: Well, I mean, we are definitely in a in a blue state. Yes. Um, we also have to remember that Connecticut also has quite a decent population of people. You know, Nazi-affiliated, white supremacy uh, um, individuals. Um, I don't think they're as prevalent in the news until something like this happens, usually. Uh, They don't get a whole lot of coverage, but every so often, they kind of pop up Mm -hmm. there weird looking heads
1: right they're weird (laughs) looking heads
3: uh so i I mean it's unfortunately and it's you know it's it's something that we really need to be cautious about and you know it was a good thing that in a way that we were already well we as in yeah in general postponed uh, yeah we were considering the post to postpone the the Mm -hmm. the event because of the weather but
1: yeah, no. and to and to be like transparent, there was no actual bomb. No, no nothing was yeah. found. Um, but at the same time, I think the attempt here was to ruin the event. Yeah. But they were not aware that it had already been postponed. But we have to take something like that s- very fucking seriously, absolutely. especially with the social and economic, uh, social and political climate right now.
2: Right, right. absolutely. Which absolutely. which doesn't help. I mean, you've got you know, um. Political people who are actually actively, you know, in public service roles. Almost
1: empowering this fucking rhetoric.
2: Exactly. And going after, you know, members of our community in all kinds of, of situations and states. I mean, you know, a couple of months ago, you couldn't, you know... Pop you know turn on a news channel without seeing news about some drag queen story time being canceled mm. because of some you Sounds know idiot like, yeah. you know two years ago it was you know our transgender community and their inability to 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 serve in the military because you know three plus years ago because of you know president pr- former president dumb You know, and and his banned on transgender military folks from serving. And, you know, and the rhetoric doesn't stop. I mean, you have people like, for example, Elton John in the UK. He blasted the UK secretary, um, the UK home secretary for suggesting that LGBTQ plus people, uh, LGBTQ plus refugees should not qualify for asylum. Mm hmm. So if you're a member of the LGBTQ plus community and you're coming from a country that would kill you for being a member of our community, that you should not be able to apply for asylum. But what what the kicker is, is that, you know, Elton John joined a growing chorus of critics blasting the UK Home Secretary. Her name is Swella Braverman uh, for suggesting that, you know, members of our community that, you know, they shouldn't be able to apply for asylum. And she was speaking out of all places to a right-wing American Enterprise Institute, the AEI, in Washington, D.C., when she said that. So not only do we have our own people in our own country talking about you know, all of this rhetoric about anti-gay this and anti-gay that and and beating up on our community, we have people from other countries coming to our country and giving seminars on how to fucking do it. Which is like, you know, it's like...
1: Honestly, what this is... To me, is that the world is really fucked up. Our country's really fucked up. There's so many issues. And I'm not going to compare it to historic things, but it's scapegoating. They're trying to find and pigeonhole a community and distract the American people or any people in countries from the real problems and pinpoint, like, this is an actual problem that we need to focus on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that that's what's going on. Right, They're p- pulling a veil over people's yeah. eyes. Because they have nothing, right?
2: They're, this, for example, the Republican Party in Congress right now, they have nothing. No substantial legislation. Nothing that can help even the smallest uh, of subsections of the American people. They have nothing on the books, Absolutely nothing. And so they need to stir the pot, find a scapegoat, because guess what? Elections are coming. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's all about let's get them all riled up, let's get them hating each other, and and then we'll we'll come on top on the other end. We'll deal with that when we get there, right? It's it's just bullshit, really. Yeah, it's it is.
3: It's, a, it's a distraction technique, and again, you know, you get people fighting over over certain things that technically shouldn't be even discussed, right? Right. And then they go around and they you know make changes to laws and and pass all these BS bills while everybody else is caught up. And some nonsense that they created. So they stir the pot or, or better, better yet, they muddy the waters. And as yeah. you're trying to figure out what the hell's underneath, they're on the other side, you know, building a bridge. So, yeah. y- you know, you really have to be careful and, and, and pay attention to the politics at hand, the yeah. dirty works.
2: It's just disgusting. So here is, here's what I have to say to our community here in Connecticut. What is that? Pride is going to get rescheduled. Yes. And it's gonna happen. Yes. And you fucking bitches better turn the fuck up. Yes. That place better be so packed that you can stare at someone and give them COVID. That's how packed I want to see it. That's how packed I want to see it because I want to see and I want to show these assholes who think that it's okay to send bomb threats to a community center that is doing nothing but helping our community that they think that's okay. We want to show them that you know what, you're not gonna scare us. Mm-hmm you're not going to, you know, stop us from doing what we need to do to provide the critical services for our community that is provided that comes out of that 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 pride
1: center. So, yeah, I do have to say, you know, while that was like a horrible moment, there are good people out there and we've seen a huge outpouring of support Right. um to the extent at which there have been people that have reached out because they want to help support find finding us a more secure and visible location um donors and different individuals and it's been it's sad that it takes something like that right to make you know community members realize that it's time to step up right. but at the same time, Just like uh, you know, when there's anything negative, I always try to. It takes us. It always takes us. You know, a moment, but there is always a silver lining, right? Right. Of course, there is. I mean, you know, uh, from it's like a
2: phoenix, right? From from its ashes, it rises again. You know. I, I don't want to use... Oh,
1: no, actually, I don't that's wanna... a perfect fucking example over this past... It's going to be a year since we let the executive director go next right. month. And that's a perfect example of this fucking past year.
2: Yeah. From the ashes, a new, a new beginning, you know. So, but yeah, turn the fuck up because it's going to happen. And, you know, we'll obviously post it on our Facebook page to let everybody know when it's happening. Um, and they're going to be posting it. If you're not following the New Haven Pride Center on Facebook, you should, yep. um, if, especially if you live in our community. And if you're not supporting the New Haven Pride Center, you totally should, um, especially if you live in Connecticut, uh, because they're one of the, the, the few organizations that still exist in Connecticut that are helping our community and our and our youth. So um, make sure that, you know, you take care of them. Whew. That was a very intense intense first half. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, of course, we have our guest um, that is going to join us, of course, Marcus James. So stick around. We'll be right back. All right. Well, ladies and gents, thank you so much for allowing us to take that break we needed it and uh you know now we're coming back joining us now of course is Marcus James he's the author of Blackmore a paranormal suspense novel the first book in the Blackmore Legacy series we're excited to have him join us on the show i'm going to bring him into the live stream and welcome him might want to unmute his channel um yeah just want to make sure Marcus welcome to the show <laughs>
5: Hi there. Thanks for having me.
2: (laughs) It's wonderful to have you on. Uh, We were just on break and, you know, we were like, oh, my God, we're running around going crazy. And I'm like, I don't see him on the stream. I hope he got the link. (laughs) But you did.
5: Oh, yeah. Just making sure everything jived with my I don't do like video through my laptop often. So it's just kind of, you know, (laughs) trial and error to get used to it and everything.
1: Well, welcome to the experience.
5: (laughs) Yeah, thank you.
2: (laughs) So before we get started, I just want to give uh, my co-host and myself, obviously, an an opportunity to introduce ourselves, just in case you don't know who's who. Uh, So why don't we start with you?
1: I'm Nick, or on the show, Trish. Trish. We call him Trash, yeah. And J-Bear?
3: J-Bear, or a.k.a. your boyfriend's boyfriend. He's a slut. (laughs) I know many.
5: I know
2: many.
3: And and I'm Tom. I produce
2: the show. And uh, once again, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your day to join us on the show.
3: Correction, it's Tom, the intern.
2: The intern, that's right. (laughs) You see? See? So this is what they do to me. Wow. So before we get started, started, Marcus, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, who you are, where you're from, and what do you do?
5: Yeah, so my name's Marcus James. Um, I'm an author. Primarily, I write um, gothic horror, gay, go- queer gothic horror, um, psychological thrillers. Um, basically, anything spooky, I write it. Um, I live in Tacoma, Washington, which is just outside of Seattle, um, but I'm from all over the state and lived many places. Um, and a lifelong LGBT rights activist. Um, I started the state's first ever GSA back in 1998 when I was 14, uh, me and my best friend in high school. And, um, I've just been an activist ever since. I've worked for Equal Rights Washington. Um, I have been a, um, uh, lifelong HIV AIDS activist, um, so just kind of run the gambit on top of that, uh, write books, uh, write uh, like I said, mostly horror fiction. It's kind of where my passion is at, and um specifically to write and speak to the gay experience and especially the gay femboy experience. Um, because I think for all of us who grew up with more than a little sugar in the tank and a swish in the step, mm. um, you know, we didn't have a lot of heroes growing up and we were either the victim that needed to be saved or we were the comic relief or we were just the tragic special character episode who dies at the end to teach the main characters a lesson about love and equality. And I just didn't like that. So I devoted my life and my career to the idea of writing characters who the heroes are um young gay men specifically effeminate young gay men uh because yeah i i wanted a hero and they weren't there so i made them myself
2: that's amazing that's yeah, amazing I love that. so um so you have written many books um yes. already i think i think you have five books uh, that are press. Nine. Nine. Oh. Oh. <laughs> i think the press kitten is a little updating um. So fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nine books. Nine books. Um, that you've written. Um. So far. Um. But is this is this um book here that we have? Uh. Blackmore, the first series that you've written, because you, this is the Ooh. first book.
5: Yeah. So Blackmore. So this is the second edition of Blackmore. So um, that's now been re-released and every author kind of can't wait for a second edition moment because not only is a chance to kind of breathe new life into a series that's been around for a while. Um, but also you kind of get to go in and fix things that you didn't catch the first time. And it's a great experience. And, um, but Blackmore originally came out in the end of 06, 07. It set in December of 2007. Um, and so far, there's been a sequel, Symphony for the Devil, and a two part prequel uh, called Rise of the Nephilim and Fall of the Nephilim. And um, but this is like the first series that, like, and the only series that I really have. There are a couple other novels I've written, um, for example, called Instructions in Flesh, uh, which takes place in the Blackmore world, and that will. Probably have two or more books based like like sequels to it, Um, but that's way down the road. So right now, Blackmore, yes, is my only like my only like series uh, that I'm working on.
1: So where did the inspiration for because this so this book is obviously fiction. I love um, LGBTQ plus sci-fi fiction. I read it all the time. Or I generally listen to audiobooks. But where did the inspiration for this this uh blackmore world or concept come from?
5: So (laughs) I grew up in this town called Bellingham, Washington. Oh did I lose you guys? No 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 No, we're still here. You're just you're just you're
2: You're featured. Uh, okay,
5: right <laughs> I was like, "Why? Why did you disappear?" Um, okay, so <laughs> technology. What, You're adorable. What, what era is this? I'm not sure. Anyway, um, so um, I grew up in a town called Bellingham, Washington, which is where most of my books are set, including Blackmore in the neighborhood of South Hill. Um, the it's a place like in my books. It's um, up about 40 minutes from the, 30, 40 minutes from the Canadian border. Um, kind of your last stop on the way out. Western Washington University is located up there. Um, and it's this kind of vortex spooky place where um, there are, everyone believes in ghosts. Every house is haunted. Um, every building has a story. It's like New Orleans or Savannah, but, not as famous <laughs> in any way, but just as haunted. And so I grew up in South Hill in these old homes with um, my spooky family, um, hearing and learning about all the ghosts. Um, there is a character in the novel Queen Mab, who is um, her nickname is it's from Mabel Mabel Blackmore. and she is the main character, Trevor Blackmore's great aunt. And she is based off my great aunt, Alice, and they live in the same house, okay. same great Victorian Queen Anne. Um, so I just drew from what I knew. And, and of course, when you kind of grow up with that and you grow up with like I had a young mom and her siblings were all like teens and in the early 20s. Same thing with like my, my cousins and second cousins. So I grew up, um, as a lot of kids did in the late 80s, well, I was born in 84, so mid to late 80s through the 90s, horror movies, um, and I was exposed to a lot of that, and I just loved spooky stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, I loved the legends about where I grew up, and as I got older, I discovered Dark Shadows, um, which was a wonderful gothic soap opera that got uh, revived in 1991. Um, and unfortunately the Gulf War happened five minutes before it premiered. So the show never really got a chance to be a- as amazing as it could have been the revival. Um, and then of course, Anne Rice, and then just everything and anything about witches. And mm-hmm. um, then all just culminated one, one night in a dream. I just had a dream about a boy with, um, dark red hair a little boy um doing automatic writing in a room like a old playroom filled with like candles and i just woke up and i like, started i just started writing that morning i didn't know where it was gonna go
1: <laughs> so so all that said what is blackmore about what can your readers expect when they pick this book up
5: so Blackmore follows this character Trevor Blackmore, and he's seventeen years old, and he is gay, and he grows up in this this neighborhood, South Hill, and it's all very old money. And all the families know each other, and um, his his family is has been there for hundred plus years, and they've always been rumored to be witches, and feared that they're in a league with the devil, and that kind of changed in the 1980s when Trevor's mother um, kind of became popular and kind of normalized the family and um, Trevor grew up, everything was fine. And then unfortunately after his father passed um, when he was a young kid, um, things just kind of took a turn. So when we catch with him, his, the friends he grew up with are no longer in his life. And he um, realizes that not only is he just like this, clairvoyant medium who can speak to spirits, but there's a lot more going on within his family, and as the story develops, not only does he have these these diabolical machinations he has to deal with with his former friends, Sherry Hannafin, Greg Shear, and Christian Vasquez, who are super popular, they're like the golden gods, and also make his life hell every day, and so not only is he dealing with like the drama of that, but then he also discovers that there's a lot more going on with his family, including this very dark and ancient evil. Um, it's like this dark god of the wood is what they call him. And he is basically a deity that's so old um, that his name has been forgotten. Um, but mm-hmm. his presence has always been felt. And he is coming for the family. And we just kind of come into the story right when the everything blows up. And Trevor learns that he is the one chosen to save his family, to save the world from this evil, and learn that he comes from this family of witches, that they're not just peculiar and psychic, but they're actually witches, and very deeply so. And um, it's just an exploration of, of a lot of great things. Plus, there's a lot of hot gay romance in it, so mm-hmm. you can't you can't forget about that. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> but speaking of like the hot gay romance and homosexuality that's thread throughout this book, how 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 did you go about doing that? Like how when we when we think about like sci fi books, we think about the storyline, we think about you know there's a pivotal moment, then there's like a traumatic incident, but then this thematic part of his homosexuality is so actually vital within the book. How did you thread that through so clearly? And why was that so important?
5: So for me, um, my being gay was, has just always been a matter of fact. <laughs> I couldn't escape it. Um, I remember I tried once in kindergarten. I was like, oh or no preschool and i was like that girl's my girlfriend she was she like honey like now <laughs> yeah because she looked like she-ra and then i i think i tried again when i was like in ju- in junior high and seventh grade i think i like asked a girl out for all of 24 hours um it was just a weird weird i just there was no way i could ever pull it off yeah and it would have
2: been like two hours for me that was it I, would yeah. have been dead no, I mean, I no saying.
5: one believed it. I mean, I'm surprised either girl said yes. I mean, one was preschool, so that's fine. I mean, I can't blame her. What does she know? She still eats rocks. But like, <laughs> what? But, like in middle school, like, I can still can't understand why. Because even everybody was like, Marcus, you're going out with him now? Really? Marcus? Like, <laughs> and then, of course, like, <laughs> you know, 24 hours later, she's like, yeah, no, this I don't
2: know why I said yes to that. I think I I had someone kick me in the balls. It was a a girl. Her name was Jessica. Never forget her name. And I was in kindergarten. She kicked me so hard in the balls. I couldn't breathe. And after that, I was like, no. We're just not going to do this anymore.
5: Mm -mm, We're just not going down that road. The women women are sharp. Yeah, no. Um, So I just couldn't escape it. And I was always teased and made fun of. Um, I was horribly gay bashed throughout most of my adolescence Uh and young adulthood, severely. So, and, um, I always paid a price for being out, but I always felt like, well, I can't hide and it's exhausting to even bother trying when you can't get away with it. So I just have always just kind of been. And so when I started writing, um, seriously writing Uh, when I was in high school. At first, excuse me, I didn't write about gay stuff, excuse me, at all. It was because I was afraid to, like, go there. I didn't know how to tackle homosexuality or the subject of it. And then um, Anne Rice's son Christopher Rice came out with a novel called Density of Souls. And I read it, and I was like, holy shit, this is my life. And, um, oh, you can write about gay stuff and they don't have to be vampires. You don't have to hide it in something. You can just write about gay stuff. Right. And it's not like I didn't know that, but I felt like all the gay stuff, all the gay lit and stuff I had read before that um was written by people women. way older than me. And
1: women, and so many.
5: Yeah. And then and then Chris comes out and he's like 21 and I'm 16. So he was so close to my age that it Conceptualize for me. Just sit down and actually just write about being gay. Mm-hmm, like right. you can do it, and you don't have to have gone through AIDS and Stonewall and everything. Like you're just here. So um, it just always ended up being matter of fact. Trevor was going to be gay. Yes, he was going to have his issues, but I didn't want it to be within his family because his family. I wanted them to be really cool, and so they just didn't care. And Trevor was never going to apologize for it, and that always was important. Um, is that as long as you write characters who are never apologetic of who they are, then naturally that will find its way through the entire narrative. Right. Um, whether whether you map it or not, or go on with a, a mission or a message mm-hmm. that you're trying to deliver, The character will do it themselves just by being honestly, authentically who they are.
1: Yeah, you know it's interesting because I've always loved, I've always loved sci-fi. I've always loved like witches and stuff like that, and I've read books about stuff like that throughout my you know entire life. But a couple of years ago, probably like around the time we probably started the show, I found all of these books about. You know, these, whether it's Nephilim, whether it's werewolves. And I just want to like,
2: mention, it's more than a couple of years. We've been on the air for seven. Just yeah.
1: saying. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> but, but, like, there are all these fun sto- like stories that, like, enticed me, and the storyline was there, and it was strong, and it was like, I'm so committed to the storyline. But then having those characters that are gay, it means, like... The world to us It's almost like It it, it pulls you in that much more Because you can relate to the characters While enjoying the story
5: Yeah, and I wanted I wanted people to come away from it From all of my books All of my characters What I want people to come away from them Is, especially if you're young and gay Especially if you got a swish in your step That um, You don't need to be rescued You don't need to be rescued. And in the end, your queerness is your power. Mm -hmm. And that's so, like you said, very integral in the series, um, Trevor's queerness. Um, I mean, it's it's why things go great and also at the same time go really wrong for him and his family Mm -hmm. because of the power of his queerness. Right, And I think that's amazing. And I think that, in all of my books has been important that I've had the straight characters almost cower before the power of a character's queerness. Well, hello.
1: And, and yeah, that's how it exactly. should be.
5: But you know, you, <laughs> exactly.
2: you're very and intentional too.
5: Really important that kids walked away um, always from my books or any, well, any person. Cause it's not like I really write for young people, but even though they might be younger, they're not young books, but um I want readers to always walk away from it realizing that in, that they not only, at the end of the day, are the only ones who can save themselves, mm-hmm. but you have the power to not only change the world, but you can save it. Right. And we queer people have been saving society and the world for quite a while, especially in the twentieth
2: century. Oh yeah, and, we were talking about this earlier, and we yeah. literally go under the radar. So you know,
5: correct, well, correct.
2: But, <laughs> but what I wanted to mention to you is that you're being very intentional in uplifting and giving space to queer uh, individuals that are, um, you know, tend to be what what some in our community. Think of the less desirable people who are effeminate, people who are uh, who could have, like you said, a very distinct swish in your step, or, um, and and I noticed that choosing words, words matter, right? And yeah. so as I'm going through the, the material in the book, you're referring to to your characters as witches, regardless if they're male or female, correct? Right? And in most stories about witches, witches are female, warlocks are male, right? Was that intentional?
5: Yeah. So I'm a witch. <laughs> um, have been my whole life. Um, I like, and as in my whole life <laughs> and um, I, a witch, which just means wise person, um, which has never had gender connotation originally. Um, it wasn't until Christianity and all that stuff, and patriarchy, misogyny, and when all of our goddesses became and gods became demons and devils, and all this stupid BS. So, for me, um, as a witch, um, as a proud, proud witch, and there's so many gay witches and gay pagans out there, and um, what I call um, anointed sons, um, back. Back in the day, a lot of the goddess temples, um, and we're talking, you know, three, four, five, six thousand years ago, and the temples of a lot of the goddesses, especially the witch goddesses, um, the only men who are allowed to be priests within the temple and serve within her temple um, were of the light toed variety light toe variety (laughs)
4: um
5: if you if you were if you were just like a british straight man like good luck serving in the temple of hecate like you (laughs) there was there was that you had to have a touch of the sacred feminine right and um there has been a loss like during the witch trials for example if you were um in the inquisition etc um which all kind of wrote in together, one right after the other. Um, if you were a sodomite, if you were a homosexual male, um, it wasn't like you were a, a witch, a man or a woman who they saw as, like, side to deal with the devil. You were a demon in the body of a human. Homosexuality, sodomity, that was, you were a demon. You were possessed. You were, you were, no, you were not redeemable.
4: Mm-hmm. Right.
5: So we were executed if you weren't accused of a witch. I mean, usually if you were a homo- if you were a sodomite, you were just kind of a witch by default, but then like also a demon. So not only were you like executed, but it didn't matter if you asked for forgiveness or not. Um, unlike the accused witches, you were condemned no matter what. Right. So we've had this long history within the occult persecutions and the witch uh, movements um, by being accused of witchcraft And also by being actual demons on earth to tempt men into sodomy, into sin, to follow the devil. Um, Very, very messed up stuff. And there's a a reclamation that's happening now amongst a lot of gay witches, gay pagans, who, um, you know, they we grew up with the craft and we, we grew up a lot of us, you know, if they weren't born into it, if they discovered it because of that, you know, we all have memories of going to our first magic shop or maybe all the best you could do is hot topic and (laughs) and get some stuff there. And now as we're adults, there's this huge movement of um, really reclaiming and well, and claiming really our space within the witchcraft world, and to not be overlooked, um, because we have a place within um, within witchdom. We we have a long historical place, just as as women do. And there's a reason we keep going hand in hand, gay gay men and women. There's a reason throughout time, and this is part of it. The divine, sacred mysteries is part of it, and. So a warlock is just means oath or betrayer. And there are there are um, there are pagans, male pagans um, who are like trying to reclaim that word. Good for them. I think it's a gross word. I think it's disgusting. I don't even think it sounds nice. Uh, I mean, witch like witch, and then like warlock. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no. It sounds like something that needs to be popped. Right. Um, so that's kind of how I feel about it, and so it was just important to make sure that it was always established: men and women are both witches. Right. It doesn't matter.
2: And the the other thing too, I mean, when you when you're thinking about the characters that you're writing and the space that you're giving uh, for representation of of you know what what I would consider a true queer person, um, mm-hmm. that you know manifest in 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 whatever light we are allowed to. Uh, And can swish in any direction we are allowed to. Um, It's a beautiful thing because most stories I was written, you know, from the perspective of your heteronormative um, macho acting um, ideal of what people think a man, even if they're gay, should be in any story, right? And you really
5: gays stealing a line from Toni Morrison. Um, I just always, and she said, you know, it applies to kind of any marginalized person, but she, of course, was talking about the white man's gaze. But she, um, she talked about the freedom of writing from the white man, uh, writing, the freedom of writing out from under the white man's gaze and just writing authentically Black and not having to worry about translation or explain it to white people. And that's exactly how I've, I've always approached my work. I'm not, I obviously want, everyone to read my stuff and i would love i'm gay straight bisexual trans doesn't matter right. but when i'm writing i am not writing with the thought of will a straight person understand this right will they like it will this offend them will this gross them out because i can be very raunchy when it comes to the, the sex
2: and there's nothing I'm, wrong I, with raunch
5: mm-hmm. no celebrate eroticism i exactly. my first published publishing contract i was a um contract writer writing gay erotica for allison books yeah. so <laughs> it's, it's funny it's, uh,
1: it's funny because i you know i want to go back to what i said earlier really quickly about always seeing all these women authors writing these gay romantic sci-fi love stories I, and and like some of them are really great there are some authors that are really really great but then we get to the sex scene i'm like how the fuck like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like, are you watching porn to write this? Like, I want, I'm sorry, and I hope I don't get slammed for this. But a gay male perspective is very different when when you approach that moment in the storyline.
5: So for me, that actually is kind of a, a sore subject for me, only because I have seen, as of late, and as of late, I mean, in the past decade or so, um, that it seems to be almost every book that reaches the bestseller list that happens to have male, gay male characters is about a gay whatever romance, whatever is written by straight women. Yes. And publishers, the big five, and I'm if there anyone's watching, I'm saying this now. I'm listening. Saying Speak this now, your and mind. It's
2: true. You can um, even say their names.
5: Right. Um, (laughs) They are fine with publishing books now, gay romance, gay horror, books with gay male characters, gay main characters, if they are written by straight women. And it is an idealized idea, fantasy, of what straight women see our lives and our romances and our histories to be. They don't live our histories. They don't know our histories. They don't know the complications and nuances of our existence. And yet, because they write for two straight women who fetishize us, and I'm sorry, there's no other way to put it—it's a fetishization of us. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've read all of these, and sure, there are some that feel compassionate and genuine in their want to be honest, but it's not written for me. It's not speaking to me or to my to my community or to to. Even though we all grow up and live sh- 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 different lives as queer people, um, we have shared experience, psychic mm-hmm. similarity in our existence as queer people in the world, and what that meant growing up. And mm-hmm. there are just things I can say. Oh, when I was a kid, I felt this or that, and you're going to go, "Me too." Mm-hmm. Oh, I know exactly. Right. I had that moment too in school, and it mm-hmm. involved da 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 and these make up the whole of who we are and that is missing. And, and a lot of what I, great, great stuff, red, white, royal blue, great stuff. Um, But it's not authentically us. And then the people who are us writing our stories, we are not getting published.
1: But yeah. i to be to be honest and i know that we have to move on and, and wrap this up but yeah but no, somebody uh the person the the one author that actually roped me into this world of sci-fi lgbtq um uh storylines is tj clune and finding somebody mm-hmm. like tj clune which i would compare you in in ways to tj clune mm-hmm. um as a as a gay male author, it was really powerful to read his stuff and have him draw me into his world. And so, honestly, I just want to say thank you for, for being a gay male author, writing stories like this. For real. Thank
5: you. Thank so, you. I appreciate you saying that. So,
2: b- before we, we wrap up the interview, you know, the only question left is, we know that this is going to be a series. This is book one. When can we yes. ex- expect book two? And when, when can we expect book three? And, and so on so right. on. Right.
5: So book three is so book three is our or book two, excuse me, book three. Book two is already out. Okay. Me for the devil. Um, it's already out. Um, and that like I said, the because they're all getting kind of new additions because the third novel in the series, the beckoning one, um, will be coming out within the next ten months or so. Nice. Um, so as a lead up, that's why they're all kinda of got the series is getting a repush and refurbishment right now because to build up for this new book, because these books take a while to write. A lot of research goes into them, and um, shelves of research, and uh, years. (laughs) And so, um, but Symphony for the Devil um, is out now, um, along with the two prequels, uh, it's a two-part prequel that follows Trevor Blackmore's mother, Catherine Blackmore, in 1987 Los Angeles. And it's called Rise of the Nephilim and Fall of the Nephilim um and those are out now and uh blackmore is doing its rounds um and some new just cool stuff for the series will be coming out um and that'll be up on my website uh marcusjamesbooks.com um some really cool stuff coming down the pipe so yeah.
2: <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. So obviously we're looking forward to, you know, the rest of the story was, so we now know we have book two, but if you're, if you're doing a redo, we want the redo, right?
4: We, it's yes. Amazing, right?
2: <laughs> and then obviously when book three comes out, you know, definitely let us know we can have you, you know, I always say this to a lot of our guests, you know, once you're here, you're like family. So reach oh, out to us, you. let us know that, you know, you, Hey, the book is finally here. The third installment Let's let's feature them all together. Let's talk about the story. Let's talk about how you know how how that journey took place from book one through book two and three, and and <laughs> definitely. Sorry,
5: so. my hair. I'm
1: sorry, we've yeah. all been complaining about our hair today, oh, except yeah, for everywhere. Jay.
3: What if my hair's a mess? He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even have any. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's well, quite all right so,
2: so before we let you go uh marcus if you could um sell yourself darling give us all of your socials your website how can people get yes. a hold of you
5: so on instagram at marcus james author um you can find me on facebook my official page um which is M. James books? I don't hold on. I, I'm old. My brain is not.
2: That's right. We're on the same boat. You
5: know how old? Give me cheese. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh. way
3: older than you are, honey. Don't don't worry about it.
5: He's older than all Let's of us. See. Yeah. Um, oh, ah, I can just look in the back of my book. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, um, yeah, so my social uh, Facebook is, is M. James Writer, uh, capital M, capital J, and then Writer, just M. James Writer, and then Instagram at Marcus James Author, and then my website is marcusjamesbooks.com.
2: Awesome. <laughs> Nicely done. Well, Marcus, thank, thank you. you so much for giving <laughs> us uh, some of your time, for talking about uh, your work. Uh, we expect more from you. And please feel free to reach out to us and uh, have us feature your your work um, anytime. And uh, we're looking forward to it.
5: I will. Thank you guys so much. I, I appreciate it. You guys have a great rest of your evening. You, you too. You
2: do the same. Thank you so much.
5: Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye.
2: All right. Well, ladies and gents, that, of course, was Marcus James. We're going to have all of the information for uh, his book um, and his website and all that stuff on tonight's post. We'll publish the episode. You'll be able to get all of the information that you need uh, to, um, you know, get access to the book. So you've been reading it. When you're done with it, please hand it over so yeah. that, you know, I can start taking my micro naps as I normally do. Because, um, <laughs> you know, that's how I, I I read stuff.
1: Marcus, get on audiobooks. <laughs> that's my jam. That's, my so, jam. Um, that's how I start my
2: mornings. Oh, my God. With audiobooks, really? Yeah, I
1: literally. Yeah. I wake up and I pop in my earbuds. I go downstairs. I'm listening to a book. I make my coffee. I make my breakfast. I sit, have my breakfast, my coffee. I listen to about a chapter or two. And then I get in the shower. Yeah, my favorite thing
2: to do on Tuesday, Tuesday mornings are now my favorite, only because it used to be every day, right? So every day, my routine was make my coffee, put Rachel Maddow podcast on and listen to Rachel. But Rachel stopped doing her show. So she's now only doing it on Mondays. And in her place, now we've got another MSNBC host, um, Alex Wagner, who's doing Tuesday through Friday. So she only does Mondays. So Tuesday now is officially like my favorite day of the week. Because I wake up, I put Rachel on. I'm I'm telling you know Siri to to do. And Apple, by the way, fuck you. <laughs>
1: what, what did Apple do?
2: Here's what Apple did. Okay, so now before we used to say Siri, right? You had to say the H E Y.
3: Nope, well, you activated her.
2: Oh, see, see I didn't do that. Yeah, sure and now with the new software You don't have to say H-E-Y anymore You can just say
1: Siri Yes What's my name? Siri Siri huh? Siri
3: huh? She don't like me No you
2: need. To, you don't have the update Did you update to 17?
1: I think so Hey Siri See? What's my name?
2: Yeah. So anyway, so now you can just literally say Siri.
1: Yeah. and it and it uh,
2: Siri. What is my name?
1: It's Tom Ortiz.
2: Oh, that's it. Oh, you're nasty.
1: Yeah, you
3: changed the It's
2: supposed to say your most Siri. gracious majesty, but
3: What's my know. name?
1: She is. She's tired. She knows, like her owner. She,
2: like she don't want to be on the show. Is what. What. That's what that is.
3: Well. Yeah. Well, I, you curse. You cursed them out. So.
2: So anyway. <laughs> so the whole thing is that with the new update with seventeen point whatever we're at now, um, you don't have to say the word "hey" anymore. So you just say the name, and now it starts responding. And so. Now, when I'm just casually talking about Siri, my phone just, you know, Activate. goes nuts. And I'm like, thanks. Mine is 16.7. Yeah, yeah, you're behind. You're behind. You need to update and, yeah, it, it'll be a while. But anyway, yeah, thanks <laughs> It'll Apple. be a while. <laughs> so, what was I talking about that before Siri, like, took me south? Do not start.
1: Oh, wait, no. This is what I wanted to do. So, anywho.
3: Anywho
2: what was i talking about
1: we, we don't know we don't we're getting, we, you
3: went on a tangent and we lost you and we lost ourselves we, along <laughs> with you <laughs> but just a just a, a quick uh, factoid i guess
2: factoid yeah so
3: so in english we have witch and warlock right uh-huh. but in spanish it's only brujo or bruja uh-huh so if you actually try to look up warlock in spanish it tells you the the actual uh, translation is Bruja. Yeah, it's bruja. But we, so, uh, we so it's add... which, technically it's which, right. male or female. That's it.
2: Bruja, bruja brujo, Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: But, but no, but <laughs> I mean, when you think about, for the example, Brujas. a lot of the Brujas, works that have yes.
2: been released <laughs> in modern times, and when I say modern times, anything after the 90s, think about, for example, um, Charmed, right? Yeah. When you think about the shows Charmed, which I absolutely loved, that was all about Charmed. Is one of my favorite shows growing up. Sabrina. Um, you know, you Sabrina the Teenage Witch. You always t- thought about, you know, witches being witches, and they were females. And then, you know, you had some males were called something else. In the show Charm, they were called warlocks, mm-hmm. or whatever it was that they were called. But it was it was very interesting to see that you know there is an intentional, um, you know, effort to make sure that you're representing the queer community in a way in which the queer community sees itself. If I want to see myself as a goddamn witch, I'm going to be a witch. And there's nothing you can do about that. Well, girl, we all see. (laughs) I will slice you.
1: I was just going to (laughs) say...
2: I will put voodoo on your
1: No <laughs> diga. Yeah.
3: No diga.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah. But I love you the guys. The curse of the chancla. The chancla, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I do have one on, too. It's going to be flying. <laughs> Anywho. All right. Let's wrap it up, boys. So I'm going to toss it over to Trish. He's going to give us, of course, Mama, Mama Kim's Kim. Minute. You want your love, baby girl? All
1: right, everybody. Here's Mama Kim's Minute. Number one, former Disney star... Uh, opens up about undergoing conversion therapy on his days off. Oof.
3: Yeah, that was good.
1: Uh, yeah. Number two, Billy Porter slams Ron DeSantis to Santamonium. Um, he has to meet me. Bring it. Oh Number three, Pete Buttigieg eviscerates Donald Trump for allegedly insulting wounded veterans. Which I, I don't
2: doubt. Now, this first story, though, former, for former, for former, former, former Disney Channel star opens up about undergoing conversion therapy on his day off. So I hope the person who wrote the story got the pronoun correct. Do we know?
1: No, I think they're talking about, like, he, not, not... is he. Not trans conversion therapy, like conversion therapy.
2: Oh, oh, undergoing. Okay, got it.
1: Got it. Oh, my God. Like his parents sent him to a fucking camp. Oh, my God.
2: I am so sorry. See, this is what happens. Anyway, don't drink, people. Interns. Don't drink.
3: (laughs) And on this day in gay history brought to you by Gay Talk 20.
2: Let's see how this goes.
3: September 27th, 2013. That wasn't too long ago. Yeah, not so bad. In New Jersey, uh, the New Jersey Superior Court Judge Mary Jacobson rules in Garden State Equality, <clears throat> Equality versus Dow. This right, Dow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That same-sex couples must be allowed by the state to marry, granting a summary judgment to the plaintiffs in the case. Jacobson orders the state to allow same-sex couples to marry by twenty by. 21st of october 2013 right this decision is the first u.s state uh judicial ruling in the same sex marriage to cite the landmarks u.s supreme court decision in united states versus windsor right
2: Mm. so remember that happened in 2013 marriage equality didn't become a thing until 2015 Uh, with you know so uh when you think about new jersey connecticut massachusetts it was always at the forefront of a lot of all this stuff you know we had states that were on board and it wasn't until we got like you know what 34 i think we were at like 34 states that had already sued to their uh you know federal district courts that that ruled um in some way shape or form you know banning marriage equality was unconstitutional.
1: Yeah. I'll I'll never forget when marriage equality went to, I think it was the Supreme court or maybe it was the Congress. I can't remember exactly, but somebody said, and I'll never forget it. I want us. I, we want to let it percolate in the States more as in the States. We want to see more States allow same sex couples to marry before we make it a federal law. Do you remember that?
2: Yeah, we talked about it on the show, and I think I I was the one that actually mentioned that. I said, you know, the Supreme Court... Of course she
1: was.
2: (laughs) We'll go back and and listen to some old recordings, but I remember specifically saying that, you know, the Supreme Court is not going to take a case and make such a a fundamental change to the way Americans saw marriage until the majority of states come on board, right? And at that point in time, I think we had 32 states um that were on board finally because of you know judicial rulings at the lower circuit courts um resulting in, in them states accepting it and then the holdouts you know you get Obergefell versus Hodge and you know the whole situation with um Edith Windsor and finally you get a ruling from the Supreme Court that said you know we're here it's done anyway. and there will never be a more celebratory um pride weekend in new york city than that weekend because that ruling came on the sunday that we were celebrating and marching for pride yeah that same weekend she remembers yeah so i'm, I'm just hoping because you know wasn't most marching the, no she wasn't marching
1: she was twirling,
2: yeah, she, she, was twirling. <laughs> <laughs>
3: she was she was
2: munching she was doing something mm.
3: Mm. but anyway
2: um all right so fantastic um jaybird continue
3: moving on to our our announcements, i guess right (laughs) yes (laughs) if you love the show make sure to subscribe rate and review on your favorite podcasting service by subscribing you get the latest and greatest of our show delivered right to your favorite device or web browser as soon as the episode is published you can also support us on patreon with patreon you our listeners can help to support the show with a pledged Donation. The donations are collected monthly and can be in any denomination of a dollar or more.
2: Every day, you Every get better day. and better and better. Sometimes, I love you. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. The, it's, the Then power your, your Guatemalanist kicks, in, kicks and in, like, in and you're like,
3: and I yeah. get those, those hiccups. And next week, we don't have a guest that may change, but otherwise, better right not. Now, as of right now, it's all about the dish.
1: <laughs> all right. And thank you, thank you, thank you to our guest, Marcus James. Author of Blackmore, an LGBTQ paranormal suspense novel. Oh, I keep going. Can I get some love, motherfucker? (laughs) All right, everybody. Get the future method and all other products today. All products are doctor developed and can clean you out without hurting your bum. Queen you or clean you? Clean you. And clean you. Clean out and then queen out Um, (laughs) You can take that confidence Anywhere with the anal powder packs And now increase your stretch goals With the three piece anal dilation kit Yes Tom They're working on the fourth piece for you Visit futuremethod.com To purchase your life changing bum accessory today And also
2: don't forget to go to the website And take the survey You can go right to futuremethod.com Take the survey And then you'll know exactly what you need
3: yeah, they, you know, just don't you be can, extra. You can like use me. more than one. You can choose more than one of the options when you're doing the survey. As of well. course. You know, if,
2: if, you, if one dilator kit doesn't work, get two. Get two. <laughs> you can use all sex.
1: I'm just saying.
3: Double up, triple up.
1: Double penetration.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and I guess, in the words of Chris Mattoon, it is time to put a ring on it. Ring on ring it. Ring on it. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Oh and as always, our show is available on our website, gaytalk20.com, under audio podcast. It is also available as a free download and up on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, and Stitcher Radio. Nick.
1: All right. You can find us on social media Facebook, Gay Talk 2.0, Instagram, Gay Talk 2.0. You can email us at gaytalk2.0 at gaytalk20.com. Tom, give it a try. We'll see. Is that what it is?
2: All right. Well, ladies and gents, uh, if you need to reach out to us, just head on over to our website. You can click on the Contact Us tab at the top of your web browser. There you can leave comments. You can suggest topics, submit a question for a cast or an individual host, and so much more. You can also give us our ring, ring, and call us and leave us uh, your questions via voice message. We can answer those for you right here on the show. Our phone number is 334 334- uh, Gay Talk And if you need All those digits It is 334-429-8255 Ladies, gents And everyone in between Thank you so much For joining us tonight That is our show And y'all have A good night Bye Thank you for listening To this episode Of Gay Talk 2.0 Tune in next
1: time For more
2: dish.